In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Please be seated. On this day that is celebrated by so many as Mother's Day, it it works out well that the scriptures give us a picture of someone who seems to have been a wonderful mother of faith. We don't know if she had children of her own, but it seems clear she had many, many spiritual daughters and sons and an enormous family to follow. It was in that first reading from the Acts of the Apostles, the story about Tabitha, whose Greek name was Dorcas. The Acts of the Apostles give us a picture of how the early church was was growing, how it was on fire with love and energy and faith in the resurrection, how Mary and the other disciples spread the word with local, everyday people, putting their all into this new way of following Jesus. They changed the world right where they lived. And Dorcas seems to have been one of those women. As the scripture says, she was devoted to good works and acts of charity. But the news reaches Peter that Dorcas has died. He reaches the village. He meets all the women around her who are weeping and sharing memories and mourning. And as scripture says, they're they're showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she had been with them. Peter heals Dorcas and she's raised up, presumably to live an even longer life of doing good works, of spreading acts of charity, of making clothing for those in need. If you've been in uh, many different churches, you may have encountered the name Dorcas in the past. I remember it being um, in one church, a women's Bible study. In another, it was a sewing circle. In another, there was a Dorcas ministry that helped the homeless. Especially in the 1800s, from England and outward, the Dorcas Society became a major source of mission, especially among women. In New York City in 1828, the African Dorcas Society was founded, and it was a powerhouse of women, especially making clothing and making children's clothes for those children who needed nice clothes to go to school, especially at that time for the new African Free School. Dorcas, or Tabitha, if you like, is an example of someone whose faith inspired those around her and lives on long, long after her earthly life. She's an example of someone who is doing what today's collect, the opening prayer of the day, suggests, that we hear the voice of Christ, that we hear God's voice in our own name, and that we then have the faith and the strength to follow where he leads. Whether we actually hear something or we think we may hear the voice of Christ or simply choose to to put our faith in listening for the voice, that voice of God's love toward us, the, the music of God's peace, the sound of the Spirit's strength, we're here. And a part of why we're here is is to listen, 
to listen for God, to, to try to hear, uh, to develop and practice our ability of hearing, to, to tune out the noise and the static of the world so that we can really hear. Some may hear it clearly. Others may perhaps overhear it. Some maybe only hear it partially or, or perhaps believe that others hear it, and that's enough. But our being here in this place or places like this one are acts of obedience to God. We recall that word obedient comes from the Latin ab audire, the audire having to do with audio, with listening. And so obedience has very little to do with following rules and regulations. Obedience has to do with hearing and then allowing our whole lives to respond to what we hear. We listen for the voice of God. Do we go a step further and listen for our own name in God's voice? To hear our own name in the sound of God means to begin to discern our own path, my own path, your own path for being faithful. Sometimes we can do that alone. We can sense God's invitation to use a part of ourselves to develop a talent and share it with others. But more often than not, we're slow to hear God alone and we need other people. That's where the whole community of faith comes in. As we help one another begin to discern God's gifts. It happens when someone says to you, when someone says to you, you know, I notice you're good with children. Have you ever thought about helping us teach Sunday school? Or someone says, yeah, I notice your, your voice is strong and clear. Have you ever thought about reading scripture at church? Or I notice you have ideas about the church. Have you ever considered standing for vestry or, or getting involved in a committee or commission or starting something new? Who knows how Dorcas began, but I bet you anything, a friend or a family member noticed something she had made and praised it and gave her confidence to begin sharing what she could do with others. That third part of the collect of the day involves following where Christ leads. The good shepherd and the lamb imagery break down when we think about that third part. God has given us a great deal more freedom and willpower than a lamb ever has. We can choose to follow the way of God or choose not to. We can choose to listen to God and go more deeply or we can choose to tune it out. Often we can choose an in-between, something that's a little safer, that's a little more comfortable. Perhaps we sense where God wants us to go, where God's pointing, but we don't quite feel strong enough. We don't feel ready. We don't feel like we are enough. We're faithful enough. We're ready for some other reason. And so we stop still in faith. We delay. We wait for someone else to go there. Or maybe we veer off a little to the right or a little to the left. We do something similar to where we think God is calling us, but with, with less heart, with less faith. We do something more along the lines of our own present capabilities, but, but there's less spiritual challenge in it. There's less faith, really. 
because we don't have to fall into the arms of God in order to do it. We come to that sometimes scary word, vocation. It's where Protestants have an edge, I think, over Roman Catholics, because Protestants from the beginning have celebrated the vocation of every person, every woman and man. Um, Martin Luther talked about it, John Calvin, Martin Bootser, many of the Protestant reformers talked about how vocation is not just the special calling of a, of a priest or a monk or a nun. Uh, vocation is something everyone has, no matter what one does or is called to do. Sometimes we'll say, that person missed their calling, that person missed their vocation. I hate that sort of language. Because that seems to to suggest that one only has one vocation. And the life of faith is one that is adventure after adventure after adventure. Um, Our own church is gifted with this icon of Abraham and Sarah over there who, who remind us every Sunday that we're here that way up in age, God had a new idea for them. Frederick Beekner defines vocation as the work God calls you to do. And he explains that there are all different kinds of voices that call us to do different kinds of work. The problem is to find out which is the voice of God rather than some other voice. The voice of society, say, or the superego or self-interest. He writes, by and large, a good rule for finding out is this. He says, the kind of work God usually calls you to is the kind of work that A, you need most to do, and B, the kind of work that the world most needs to have done. If you get a kick out of your work, you've presumably met requirement A, but if your work is writing TV deodorant commercials, the chances are you've missed requirement B. Perhaps if someone's in advertising and uh, carries a deodorant brand, you could argue with Frederick Beekner about that. But (laughs) nevertheless, he writes, on the other hand, if your work is being a doctor in a leper colony, you've probably met requirement B. But if most of the time you're bored and depressed by it, the chances are that you have not only bypassed A, but probably aren't helping your patients much either. He says, neither the hair shirt nor the soft birth will do. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I love that definition of of vocation. It's that place where the world's deep gladness and our own deep hunger meet. It's never absolute. But in this life, filled with faith, we get closer and closer. When I think of being um, open in an ongoing way to God's sense of calling and vocation, I, I think of a college friend whose, whose name I'll change. Uh, it's Laura. She would be mortified that she was the subject of a sermon. <laughs> Laura majored in business in college, and she did well, and she graduated, and she quickly began working for a large bank. And she did well, and she was happy, and she flourished, even though she worked really long hours. She met 
She met who became her husband, she became pregnant, and little by little she began to wonder if she wanted to continue doing that work she was doing. She was good at it, it paid well, it was, it was good enough, it allowed her to do a lot of other things, but she wondered if maybe God had something else in mind for her. And so she began praying about it. She, she went to church and asked other people. She, she gathered information and evidence. And remember, she asked me what I thought. She went on being a banker. She gave birth to their first son. And something about that process also gave birth to another idea within Laura. Through the pregnancy, an idea began to form. What if she did something to help other women bring life into the world? Maybe as a midwife, maybe as a nurse, somehow to assist, to companion, to to walk along with. And so Laura went back to college and she took a few science classes and then she went to nurses training. And after a few years, she began working in a hospital on a wing for newborns. She was fully fulfilled as a banker. And now, in a new chapter of life, she was fully fulfilled as a nurse. Right now, she's still a nurse, but she wonders, later in life, might there be another vocation? There well might be. I I love her openness to God's will and God's way for her. The church itself is somehow understood as mother church because it gives birth to faith, to new vocations, and to a new sense of life. On this and every day, may God grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follows us where he leads. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.